Hi there, this is Beko Pin and you're listening to Rappler Podcasts. Welcome to Inside the Industry. Hi guys, this is Bea from the Rappler Lifestyle team. Our guest today, I've long stalked him actually on social media. I don't know if he knows this, baka hindi pa. Oh um, before his current hero product, okay. hindi yun, I don't think that's a term in, like, in, in, in the food industry. Not officially, but then right? I'll but, take but, it. But you but understand yes, what that means. Yes. Yeah, but before his current hero product became, I don't want to say viral. Is it viral? It's not, I, I wouldn't consider it viral yet. Like, but it's, it's in certain it's, circles. It's, it's, it's like, like in certain circles, it, yeah. it kind of picked up. Right, Like right. yeah. So, but if you live on Twitter, maybe Instagram, but mostly Twitter, yes. I feel, um, you probably know who he is. His name is Chino Cruz. Hello, hello, hello. Of Baker on East. Okay, to start off, I, wa- I, I do this thing for this podcast, okay. specifically a quick round of Q&As. Lang. Okay, so very so that, podcasty, yeah. which I love. I'm so, a so, big <laughs> podcast nerd. I love these um, rapid fire like questions. Getting to know you. Getting to know you. Yeah, so that they, I know, I get to know you and they mm-hmm. get to know you. Our listeners get to know you beyond, you know, what you do because mm-hmm. you are... Yes. You're more than a charot. May ganun bigla. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm okay. a person. That's uh, five questions lang quickly. What's your current LSS? Okay, so um, this might sound weird, uh, but then my current LSS is parang nahawa ako sa mga K-pop friends ko. I'm okay. not super into K-pop. Like, I find <laughs> that it requires a lot of Oh, you have to be invested. Investment. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's not just like, oh, you listen to them yeah, like, with, no, like, with sure. like Little Mix or other sure. groups. It's like, you have to know their dances. You have to have for the light sure. stick. You have to have... For sure. But like, my current LSS is um, Feel Special by Twice. Ooh. So that, 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 it's like super great pop. It's like yeah. super... Yeah. And it, it also helps like, that all my friends are super into it. And yeah. then I was just at my um, a good friend's birthday party. And then as soon as we arrived, it was blasting. <laughs> and we go inside and they're dancing to the choreo. It's choreo. hard not to get infected though like yeah. even if you don't invest parang it's just there it's it's just very good pop like right? it's incredibly good pop music incredibly right. produced um <clears throat> it's got a lot of character but then it's still not like you're not in the abyss pop yeah K-pop. you're not, okay. I'm not, I'm not i don't think i'll ever get into the don't abyss don't jump into it it's, di- it's difficult yeah it's, di- <laughs> it's, it's scary i've been um, there i've been there <laughs> parang I, I feel like um with k-pop kasi I'm an obsessive personality. Right. So I already have my brain stuck on different aspects. <laughs> so like with food yeah, and with theater and all that jazz. Um, I think that K-pop requires a lot of active participation, which I'm sure. not equipped for at this moment. Deep ready to invest. No, okay, no, second no, no. question. If you could run away and, and disconnect for a week, where would you go? Oh, uh, disconnect. I would go... Well, my, dif- my real answer, like physically, like literally, I would probably go to Singapore. Um, but then, like, like dream answer is probably London. Oh, that's like London. Can I ask why? I'm 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 a bit bit of an Anglophile, oh. so that's a big thing. Like a lot of the actually, we're gonna I might bring it up again later. A lot of the bakers and the references that I take are from oh, British bakers, and a lot of them are from there. Like, um, yeah, I'm not gonna spoil anything, yeah, but it's yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. much there. It's like London has a very interesting character. Yeah. Um, like I I had like family members who went to London recently, and they're like, oh my god, this is like where Chino would probably live. <laughs> Like for a long time it was New York. Like everyone's like, oh yeah, he's yeah, into yeah, Broadway yeah. and all that stuff. But then That's it, interesting. but then it was London for a really long time. And now that you mention it, oh but it's a lot. It, it's a it's a melting pot, obviously for for food especially. Mm-hmm. I feel like oh nga, and, and and stuff. and what's interesting about London, especially when in contrast to the other food cities of Europe, right. so that's like Paris or yeah. Berlin. Um, they are more about the street food, so it's very democratized in right. London as opposed to Paris, which is very. Um, elitist right, I right, find right. so 
uh, London has a very thriving street food culture, and then a lot of the chefs there and the cooks there pull from a lot of references. Oh, that's interesting. Third question. If you could eat just one food item or dish for the rest of your life, which would it be? Uh, I, like, I, I just figured this out recently. <laughs> na parang, in retrospect, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a fried chicken guy. So oh. that's it. Like, I never realized it until like after. I'm like, oh yeah, I really like fried chicken. Mm. So that's my thing. Na, Although, to be fair though, if you eat good fried chicken, like, it'll, like, it'll linger. Yeah, it'll linger. The memory of it lingers. Yeah, like, so it, but it's easy to make bad fried chicken though. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. It's hard to find good fried chicken. Right. In Manila, like anywhere else. But right. when it's really good, right. like it's A+. Plus. Like I think it's about the texture. I, right. It might be genetic. My mom's obsessed with crunchy things. <laughs> like she always says like, kailangan ng lutong. And I'm like, yeah, I probably inherited that from her. What's your ideal fried chicken? Bonus question lang. Mm, ideal fried chicken? Hmm. I actually... Maybe like KFC, but not greasy. Like yeah, that's yeah, the thing with KFC. Yeah, no, it's like super it, greasy. And if not, it's not super fresh, it's like super hella greasy. Right? But then like I like the palate of it. Like I like sort of it's, com- it's kind of com- complex. It's very complex. Ma umami sha. Like that's a that's a word ah. for you guys. Umami. Yeah, but that's probably because of MSG. But you know, I'm not opposed to that. Yeah, but but MSG is not always bad. No, MSG is actually not bad. Right? It's like a it's a race thing. There's a yeah, whole there's a whole thing that we're not gonna talk that. about today. Yeah. But. Okay, I'm gonna steal this from one of my favorite podcasts, yes. Fat Mascara. What's the most embarrassing song in your playlist? Okay, um, <clears throat> I got ready for this podcast <laughs> by listening to this podcast. So I was ready for a couple <laughs> of these questions. Yes, I love podcasts. So it's like, yeah. I listen to them and I enjoy them very much. And for this one, because I don't have a lot of shame, um, at, at least when it comes to Same music. Though. When yeah. it comes to music, because like, I'm a, I'm a, a homosexual, if it's not mm-hmm. clear enough from, <laughs> from the tone of my voice. Um, I have I have no space for shame in music in my body or right. like so it's like I listen to Cher and Barbara right. and Sharon Conetta yeah, so yeah. it's like um very actively very loudly at home so I don't have a lot of shame for that but I re- uh, I thought about it uh, last night and I was like the thing that m- I, nothing really in my playlists that mm-hmm. I'm ashamed of but then the thing that really messes up my Spotify algorithm <laughs> is stuff from Eurovision. Oh, yes. that is very random. Very specific. I got into Eurovision maybe a couple years back. Okay. Look, do you watch it like every year? Like in yeah, the I, yeah, I was starting like maybe two years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I watched it live this year. Yeah, so wow. it was like four in the morning oh and it was gosh. in Tel Aviv in Israel. And I was like, I'm watching this. I mean, I that's a niche na hindi la- not a lot of Filipinos are into. Yes, it's, right? it's very specific. Like if you don't know what Eurovision is, let me explain. Eurovision is like Miss Universe meets American Idol. <gasps> Because so it's, it's very, not just about singing, though. It's the spectacle of it's it It's a spectacle, also. and they, it's like original music. Oh. So they release original music. And the thing with Eurovision is that it's very culturally specific. Oh, okay. And there's I a see. lot of, like, geopolitics, which is very fascinating. Because they vote for each other, so it's a lot of that. But the thing with Eurovision is, I love the high camp of it. And then, like, in the words of Suzanne Sontag, Eurovision is a lot of naive camp. Yeah. Which is, like, they just, they revel in their camp. Right. But the thing with it is, I love pop music and I know that Eurovision's pop is objectively just bad and mediocre <laughs> at best. Like, it's something that's pretty good, but it's like, I would not be caught dead listening to this right, stuff. Right, right. And like, the winner from uh, two, last year, like this year's winner was pretty okay, but last year's winner was this um, girl empowerment anthem. I'm doing quotation, air, air quotes right now. <laughs> Era um, uh, called Toy by Neta from Israel. I should listen to that You should check this, it out. Yeah. It is... 100% garbage. It's hot garbage. Like, the, the chorus is her clucking like a chicken. Oh. And then she's like, bluck, 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 Okay, but this she, isn't some, like, high art. It's not high art. It's, like, like full-on pop. Oh. Like, it's, like, there's no high art concept. It's She's oh. calling the dude a chicken. Oh. And then... 
she makes references to her Pikachu, and it's 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 kind of horrible. But I was listening to it nonstop for a week, and it messed up my YouTube, my my Spotify algorithm. So that, that that's that's my my big shame for my music habits is that I have you know that thing um on Spotify where it's like they suggest they suggest music. like they have yeah, specific yeah, 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 like yeah, ones yeah. for like this and ones yeah, for yeah, that. Yeah. So most of it is fine for me, except there's one that's just Euro trash that I do not listen to because it just messed up my. My algorithm. It's just Eurovision. You have stumped Spotify. Okay. What did you want to be when you were eight years old? Oh, when I was eight, like it's very generic. I was probably into, okay, earlier on I was probably scientist. And then I think around eight, I was thinking, oh, maybe I can be a lawyer. Yeah. Very I generic. I mean, everyone, I, mean, I think at eight, went through the motions of like doctor, lawyer. I mean, the usual yes, things, very right? doctor, lawyer. What was it? Yeah, I was probably like lawyer because... Yeah, I wasn't like fully into my mental health phase yet, mm-hmm. so I wasn't thinking of clinical psych yet at that point. Right. So right. it was very much like um, lawyer, scientist, right. generic stuff. Right. But before Baker and East happened, sorry, we're gonna jump into it sure, now. Go. Um, what you, you, you what major did you get in college? Okay, so this is hilarious. Um, I was a I started in Ateneo, so uh-huh. I in Ateneo I, as a freshman, I was a BS Psych major. Okay. So that is a pre-med course. I know. I was that, gonna say that, that was because people might might be confused because in Ateneo there's a B Psych and, and there's, there's BS, BS Psych. psych. So I BS was is specifically a pre-med, pre-med program. Course. So right? I was a BS Psych major. <laughs> um, I was a BS Psych major for a year, and then I realized while well, I was dissecting like dead toads oh. that smelled like formalin. Sobrang poetic naman ng moment. Na yeah. yeah, like I was like doing that. And I was like, this isn't for me. <laughs> So I'm gonna shift out and go to com. And the only reason why I decided to go to com was one, I was at that point I was a big film nerd, and also mm-hmm. my my one of my one of my good friends who's a director at Agbayani yeah. had just shifted to com oh. before. But the, oh my god! Oh, he's a sh- yeah, oh, he's sorry. a shifty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he had shifted ahead of me, but then the advantage that he had he was a merit scholar, so he could shift whenever. But I was oh. not a merit scholar, so I had to go through the whole rigmarole of like because it's kind of complicated. It's, the shift to com, com especially, yeah, right? because like com had uh, that the com department has this thing where you have to have a high yeah. QPR or GPA in. to shift in yeah. because there's this tendency among Ateneans to think that com is an exactly, easy course. Exactly. Um, like, as a fellow com major, yeah. Bea Kupin, the com is an easy course because we just watch movies right. and or like, talk write about. about Write about movies and they right. think that's easy. Yeah, they they, they think it's easy. And then like calm is super fun. Like right. it's hilariously fun. For but it's sure. like but it's like your notes no sleep. It's no sleep. It's constant projects. Also it's sometimes over analyzing content takes the fun out of content. Oh yeah. Like people tend to forget that like watching a movie is different from watching a movie to review it Yes, after. to review it or to like as someone in the prod industry. Right. Like to I'm dissect. A, to like, dissect. All so the I things? shifted to calm and my track was film. Okay. So I was like very keen on becoming a filmmaker. Napakalapit sa baking. Yeah, so oh. close. Like it was BSI <laughs> and then film. And then what happened was I burnt out taking Maria Mora's film prod class. Okay. So it was like... What, what, what year were you in? I was a point? junior. Okay. And oh, that was no. the moment when I was like, oh, this isn't for me. Oh, like no. I love film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because of that class, we, you, you brought up that it's different to watch film for film's to, sake yeah, to enjoy versus it. enjoying yeah. it versus like as a Doing career. It. It's different. For a year, I could not watch it any movies because oh, I was no. overanalyzing was even the bad. cuts of like I could see all of the cuts the editors were making I could see right. every frame that they were doing right. and I was like this is not fun for me I can no longer enjoy watching a movie which is so interesting which though. is not the point of right. like right. you go into film being able to enjoy movies and being able to dissect them but I could not separate right. the two so I started I joined the Gaidon that year <laughs> Ooh, Gaidon so, 
Um, okay, for those who don't know, Gaiden is the official school publication of Ateneo. Yeah, so it's yeah. an official school publication, and I joined um, the online magazine. Okay. But were you always into writing? I was sort of passively into writing. Okay, like, okay. I was a reader. Oh, and right, so, and then I, I, I sort of was in advanced English, right, so right, I, right. I kind of had the tools. Right. So when I applied, um, yeah, my Appa was also the editor at that time when yeah. I applied. So I, I had this feeling that, oh my God, he just let me in because I'm his friend. But then <laughs> I, beca- I eventually became an editor the year right. after. And I was like, nope, there is no way you let a friend right, in right, if they right. suck. So it's like, oh yeah, oh, I can super actually no, super, super no. That actually no points against you. Okay, insider information. Yes. For, for, I mean, it's, it's points against you if you're a friend of someone who picks the next editorial board. Yes. People are like, ah, yeah, sure, yeah. Ka ba? Yeah. I remember anyway. that. So yeah. we uh, we were both editors, Bea Kupin and I, of Gaidon, by the way. So... Uh, small world. I know. Um, but anyway, so I got into Gaidon, and that's when I realized, I, while I was taking advertising classes, like as a backup, because that's where most comedians who, yeah, who, who want to like. Be I mean, creative. that's the bulk of the yeah. of the of the course. To yes. be fair, like who want to be creative but also earn quite a bit of money, <laughs> which was it is not the case anymore. But yeah, then yeah. back then you're like, oh yeah, I'm yeah, gonna yeah, earn yeah, some yeah. money as no, an even ad- even during my time then yes, it was the, the most. Practical track. It was a practical track, and it was a fun quote unquote track, which right. it is, naman. It is if you enjoy naman, it, yeah. naman. Um, but then I was like, oh shucks, I really like publishing. Okay. Like I really like features writing, and I loved um, reading GQ and mm-hmm. Bon Appetit, and before Bon Appetit was this huge thing. <laughs> before, before it became the cool thing the, on the internet. Before the cool thing yeah, on the internet, sure. I was like collecting Bon Appetit and Lucky Peach, which is um, the McSweeney's David Chang yeah. um, magazine. So you were a super voracious reader, talaga. Yes, not Very, just of books, but 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 ac- publications. Actually, more than books. Oh. Like I have this huge collection of magazines, print magazines. I have a ton of GQs, Bon Appetits, Lucky Peaches at yeah. home, um, zines, and all those things. Okay, for the Gen Zers listening. Yung magazine. Print siya dati. Print kasi siya. Print siya dati. <laughs> um, it used to be in print. Um, and yeah. I used to collect print. And I loved sort of the style, especially um, new new journalism style, yeah. which was like integrating your experience yes. into the future. Yung not being afraid to be part of yeah, the story. part of the story, was like, which was so... Like, I would make faces while reading incredibly good stories because it was like, shucks, ang kanda. Right. Like, I want to be able to write this stuff. Um, so that's how I ended up... Um, Deciding to one guys, fun fact: I was an internet rappler for a year, one year. What year? Uh, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> I was an internet rappler for uh, one oh, year. That oh, was, yeah. yeah, that was like super early. I was, I was like a but sophomore. I on, think I was, uh, I was on the field at that time. Yeah, you were on the field, Probably. so we didn't really see. Yeah, you, but we knew yeah. you were there. So I was an internet <laughs> rappler, one year, and then the year after, I was an internet summit publications okay. under L Decoration, which was okay. my foot in the door yes. and how I entered public publishing. So, yeah. um. So that's sort of how I got into lifestyle uh, publishing. Okay. So I was in print for two years, and I was in digital for one year. But okay. then not in that order. So I was in L Decoration for a year, then we closed. Okay. Uh, and then I joined Yummy.ph. So that's when the food started coming okay. in. Um, I was I had the foot in the door with L Deco because L Decoration, the editor-in-chief at the time was the original editor-in-chief of Yummy Magazine, mm-hmm. C.A. Bekiko, who I love dearly. I love all of my editors very dearly. They're, like, they're, like, they're mentors, mentors to me. Mentors, yeah. Um, Becky Ko was my first mentor, and she used, she was the editor in chief of Yummy before. Mm. And we were we, our cubicles were sat next to Yummy, okay. so we were like we had the same Christmas party. Okay. Um, we knew each other very well, right. and at that point, I was working. I was like, okay, I'm go- as soon as I'm done, like with a year at El Deco, I'll transfer to Yummy because I'm clearly more inclined to do yeah. food. Um, uh, and this is okay. Gonna hop back a little bit to college because yeah. the the food thing it, it just came up. Um, I 
I've always been into food. Right. Sort of, that's sort of the thing. Making food. Making food, yeah. eating food. Parang my dad is an, an avid cook. Like mm-hmm. super avid cook and his family had a restaurant in Cagayan de Oro when they, they used to still live Ooh. there. But that, 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 was, that was not a part of my life. That was like yeah, yeah, yeah. His, but, but the roots childhood. are there. The roots are there. Yeah. Um, the interest in food has always been there. And then I was never afraid of cooking because the masculine part of my family uh-huh. was the one into cooking. So there was no, like, there was no... There was no, parang, ano ba yan? Yeah, there was no patriar- yeah, yeah, patriarchal yeah, yeah. BS going yeah. on there. It was like, when I was into cooking, my family was like, sure. And the, the story that I always tell people when I get interviewed, wow, um, is that my mom would always tell me that I, w- I would imitate Sandy Daza on TV <laughs> as a small child, and it stuck with them. And it's, oh, that it's, is so cute, yeah, it's, though. It's kind of adorable. Like, I would be, like, imitating and grabbing toys and trying to imitate right. Sandy Daza on television. Right. Um, and I grew up watching the Food Network and, oh, and all, all those yeah. things. Um, uh, and sort of, that has been sort of the through line, right. like, all throughout. Right. And then, so it was always, like, a background thing. Like, yes, it was, it was, you didn't think of it consciously yes, now. Because okay, it, food writing, creating food. Yes. It was, like, that thing we were saying, like, yeah, it's not a career that you are taught yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought I was going to be a lawyer and then yeah. I thought I was going to be a clinical psychiatrist, yeah. psychologist for a couple of years and then I, I, that was a nope and then I was going to be a filmmaker and that was a nope. And, <laughs> but then the only constant thing was food. Like I would go to the publication rooms in Gaidon. I would bring cookies in. Oh. I, would, I would make cakes for people's birthdays. Oh my God, you were that I was that guy. Like people still remember me. Like I, I saw an old friend who was also a graphic design staffer before uh-huh. and she's like, oh my God, I used, I would, they're so excited that I'm doing this business now. But they would keep telling stories of like, oh, there's this guy who, who was my friend in college who would bring, bring cookies, cookies that was better than Christina Tosi's cookies, they would claim. And I was like, <laughs> I just copied her recipe. It's like totally <laughs> that thing. So I was the guy who was bringing cookies and cake to the pub room. Right. Even after college, I would bring cake and cookies and bake stuff to the office. To the office, yeah. And that's where sort of the impetus for Baker on East, which is my business, yeah. came from, was because I would bring the stuff to the office and people from Yummy. Yeah, these are, are people who write about food. Who write about food, who work about food, who have friends who work in right. food. They've been working in food for years. Yeah. Like, Yummy is like 10 years old. Right. Was right. 10 years old. Right. When they tell you that you should start a business, it's different from when your friends from college tell you, oh, you should start selling cookies. <laughs> it's like when someone like Becky Ko or yeah. Pauline uh, Changafable tells you that. Who's immersed in the industry. In, immersed Umbaga. in the industry. Oh, like, oh my God, your cookies are so good. Your cakes are so good. Uh-huh. You kind of take it seriously. Right. Na parang, oh, okay. And then, yeah, so that uh, I transferred from El Deco, sending cakes into the office, <laughs> to yummy.ph okay. after we closed because there were no openings in the print. And then I transferred mm-hmm. to Yummy Print when there was an opening a year after. Okay. And the, um, my training in terms of styling and food writing right. really came in those on two years now. on the job. But like, you weren't formally trained before. Oh, this. yeah. I was never formally trained ever, like right. period. Like right. maybe kind of formally trained in writing or styling. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not like... The food stuff. But you didn't go to school to study how to cook no, or how to be. No, n- not once. That that sort of, I'm constantly fighting this imposter syndrome. <laughs> na parang, I think which a lot of um, food professionals go right. through if they don't go through the normal avenues of training. Right, right. With food. Um, there's a lot, like for me, there's constant sense of, should I go to culinary school? Right. Like I've already spoken to my friends who've gone to culinary school yeah. from Yummy and so on. And they're like, Chino, you know so much stuff right. about food. You don't need to go to culinary school. Right. Just practice and invest in the thing. Right. I was curious, actually. I don't know. In the Philippine, in the Philippines, ba, is there like 
snooty na when it comes to like, okay, formally trained yan. Okay. Yan hindi. Um, in the Philippines, parang wala naman. Okay. Parang we're not as snooty as the French. Right, right. Or the, Amer- not even, um, the Americans are not snooty about right, a lot right, of things. Right. But then the French are very snooty. The Europeans are very snooty about those things. In the Philippines, not so much. Like, there are a lot of um, openings for you, as long as you're good at it. Right. But the, you know, I'm gonna bring this up a lot. Um, is that I, 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 I tend to bring it up on Twitter. If, yeah. yeah. If we follow each other, Bay and I, on Twitter. I tend to always bring up the fact that I'm a very privileged person. Right. Oh, I appreciate that though. Yeah, yeah. That you that you're the you're you're first to point that yes. out. Nah, I'm very you know? privileged. Na parang I have a lot of avenues. Na parang, oh yeah, I wasn't trained, but then I was born upper middle class, middle class. Yeah. Uh, my social and economic class. And you were obviously able to buy. Yeah. Magazines. Magazines. Foreign like, magazines. Yeah, foreign magazines. Like, I mean, most of them were from book sales. So most okay. of them were like <laughs> most of them were like six to a, six months to a year late. Okay, but okay, then, okay. but then, um, aside from that, I was able to even in college I was collecting cookbooks. Like I have right. a huge cookbook collection, and I was I had access to cable television to be able to watch right. the Food Network. Right. And, that's true. And I had the means by which the older I got and the more comfortable my family got in terms of our standing. Yeah. I was able to eat at like expensive restaurants and I was able to go to like Singapore and Hong Kong. It's different when you actually yes. experience it yourself yes. no? as opposed to just constantly reading about these yes. things. But then it's also knowing these things. It's right. like you can't, it's like not just like going to the Michelin Guide and like I'm going to go to the one of the most stars. You have yeah, to look yeah. for the, so I've eaten like at like these incredible restaurants and like pulled as much as I can in terms of references and right. in terms of inspiration from those right. sorts of places. But that really comes from privilege, a place of privilege. Right. Um, there's no snootiness yeah. in the Philippine food industry, but there is a lot of privilege of that course. goes on. Na parang for you to be able to get in, you need to know the right people. Like right. I was very fortunate that yes. I got into the food industry by way of food media. Right. So right. I had, I, I literally have all the connections. Right. So like I can, right. I can, I, not all of them, not literally, but yeah. then, but, but at least the basics I have, ac- I have access to them. I can contact Yummy when I need press. Right. I can contact, um, other. It's not like you're just here. Nah. Yes. Parang zero. Yes. Like you, you weren't. You were. You went there semi-equipped already. Yes, I, ha- I, I know who to call. I right. know who to contact. I know. I have friends who work with other restaurants. I have friends right. who work in PR with like Standard Hospitality Group right. or who who write for Pepper and who like all over the industry. Right. And then people are. And then I have friends who are, yeah are writers at Esquire and all right. these places who are like oh yeah they know about me as a baker so obviously yeah. I have a major leg up over some. Um, some culinary school grad who wants right. to start a business. Like, who might not have who, the same connections. Yeah, connections, who has the same skill set, who has right. the same laser focus, right. but then they're not like, they don't have the connections. And right. it's like, it's not anyone's fault, right. but then it's like, it's sort of it's sort of that thing where I'm very fortunate and I acknowledge it and they work very hard. Right, yeah. Like, it's crazy. <laughs> um, like, right now, actually, my body clock is maybe like at 8 p.m. <laughs> because I wake up at 1 a.m. Yeah. I was start. so yeah. We, we, you mentioned that last two la, two weeks ago. Yes. We saw each other. Then I was like, oh no, I didn't yes. realize that part that yes. you have to. As in panadero waking up mm-hmm. at the crack of dawn. Like yes. no, not even crack. Not of even. Dawn. We haven't even reached the crack of dawn yet. Oh, it's gosh. like it's like. Wait, why do you have to wake up early? But can't you just bake this ahead of time? Okay, for, so, for the l- less informed. Yes. Okay. So this is the thing that people always like surprises people. Like some people know, but not everyone knows that. Panaderias or bakeries that specialize on in bread. Um, okay, to be clear, uh, at this uh, right now, I am working on a pop up with Block Leaf yes. Cafe in it's Malate. About to end, though. It's it's about to end. Like it's it's about to last end. tomorrow's our last yeah. day. So, so by the time this comes out, it's not gonna yeah, be over. Yeah, but then <laughs> I'll still be taking orders, guys. So yeah. relax. Okay. no problem. <laughs> Kalma lang. Kalma lang. Um, but then I it was my first foray into like daily production. Right. For like. 
Yeah, a that space. was crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was nuts. And then because the before you would do once every several every couple, days, uh, several days, or once a yeah. week, once every other week, and then so you could pace yourself, ba? Yeah, so I could pace myself, and then I like I wasn't sure about the demand yet. I was just like playing around with ah. it. Um, we're gonna talk about that later. How it picked up, right? Because right. that's a, no, a whole other story right, in right. itself. Um, but oh my god, where were we? No, what was your what's what's the daily grind? Oh yeah, um, especially yeah. because you have a pop up now. Okay, so not? the pop up. Um, happen. Uh, we we sell donuts, so we right. do filled donuts and ring donuts, and donuts are bread. Yeah. So bread has to be produced. Which people might not like. Yeah. Not a lot of people no, know. Not that a lot of people know that donuts are bread. A lot of people don't know also that donuts are fried. I know. Like that's a, like that. That is hilarious. It was surprising to me. to me that people were surprised though. Yeah, anyway, I was like, yeah. like I I we get. We get um, posts from people that are like, oh, it was baked very nicely or toasted very nicely. And <laughs> oh, I'm no. like, that's so who, adorable. Who will tell them? That's, like, uh, that's so adorable. Are you the one who tells them? No, I, I don't bother. Okay. Like, I don't let them live in their own, like, <laughs> okay. their fantasy where donuts are not deep fried. And we're like, okay, live Let's in that fantasy. there's no oil involved. There's no grease whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> we use coconut oil, though, so maybe it's not it's as a, bad. It's, it's a, not little as, bit. a little bit. Oh, that explains the flavor. Anyway, um, so you wake up at one in the morning. At one in the morning. Why is that essential, ba? Why can't you just do it mm-hmm. the night before okay. and sleep like a normal person? Okay, so the the thing with bread is that it it's this whole process. So mm-hmm. you make you make the mix, then you let it proof. So proofing is when you let the gluten rest and you let the yeast activate. Okay. Um, but you have to let it proof for a total of like three to four to six hours, depending on the kind of bread that you're doing. Okay. So my donuts take three hours to proof. Okay. Plus a total of maybe three to four hours of work and prep, oh. like shaping and frying and filling, so that adds you up. Do this all by hand, ah. By People hand, everything is by hand. And well, not, not not everything is by hand. Like we yeah. we have a we have a commercial mixer. Yeah, of course, of course. And we have and a commercial fryer. We don't have artisanal, but 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 the donuts that you craft them yourself. Yes. Like you don't have a staff who. Yes, like I'm the one who shapes everything. I yeah. I fill everything. Right. I, like my mom help, assists um, with um, some dusting, some light. Yeah, non, yeah, yeah. None like. It's not the non-critical. Non-critical. Things, it's not like um, a skilled. Yeah, It's yeah, not yeah. skilled labor. Right. Like, right, you know, right. In that sense, so parang I would hire someone and train. Like it's very simple. I've still trained her to do something specifically, right. but then aside from that, it's a lot of just me. <laughs> so that's why it's limited to a certain number of donuts per day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like as one human person right, producing this right. many donuts. I think people don't realize that. Because when I see on Twitter, na parang I saw a friend of mine tweet. Tawang tawa ako. Parang tatoo ba yung baker baker on East uh-huh. na yan? Bakit parang legend lang siya? Because uh-huh. never yun naabut. And I'm like. Because they're handmade. Like they're it's handmade. not. This isn't. This isn't mass production. Yes. This it, it like um baker like the donuts that I make. It's not like this like this feigned like la, la, feigned lack of demand. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, this yeah. feigned. Inst- it's just really hard to. It's very difficult to produce them constantly. Like and then people are ravenously yeah. going for these donuts. It's crazy. Were you surprised by the demand though? Because because I remember um when you were testing it out, ba mm-hmm. you were giving friends out. Um, samples of the donut. Yes. Did it surprise you when it picked up talaga? Na parang, like when you would drop an order oh, form, yeah. right? So the story behind that is, um, as, uh, the story behind that is as a baker, I've been baking like for forever, like, yeah. for a couple of years. And uh, baking professionally for maybe two or three years after I left publishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then... What ended up happening was I would test recipes. Like, I do R&D. So mm-hmm. I have a, a test kitchen. I do R&D. So I would make cakes and brownies and stuff. And I would I would post on social media, hey, mostly just to friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, hey, guys, would you like... And then usually just one or two friends would say yes. Like, right. my friend would be like, oh, would you like... 
three quarters of this cake that I tried, but okay. I cannot finish because okay. my family does not want to get fat. <laughs> so it's very much that energy. And then, but what ended up happening was, so the thing with the donuts was I started developing the donuts. Not because I love donuts. Yeah. Fun fact, I don't have a sweet tooth. So a lot of the, I, I don't produce stuff for me. But you bake sweet. I bake sweet stuff. That's why my, the stuff, my, like a lot of people say that our stuff isn't very sweet. It's because I don't but have it, a sweet tooth. Okay, but that's, for me, that's the selling point. Yeah. Tuloy yeah. It's not, because Filipinos can be can go overboard yes, sometimes. Yes, that's like, a little overboard. Even the the like the big bakeries, yes. parang, <gasps> Yeah, it's because I don't have a sweet tooth and I come from a very very savory background. So that's why I use a lot of weird ingredients like rose and like miso paste. Okay, we're gonna talk about that later. So why donuts? Yeah, the thing with the donuts was I started developing donuts maybe a couple months back, maybe around March. Oh, no, actually February this year. Okay, I started developing it because. Uh, th- it is a family business. So I have a younger brother who works with me or he has a full-time job now, but he works with me part-time okay. to assist with other stuff. And I was like, oh, I want to get my brother Gia involved in the business or I want them to feel like a part of it. Okay. Because like all the stuff that I develop is a lot for me. Like, okay. like I like brownies with peanut butter and all that stuff. <gasps> I love peanut butter and tahini and all that stuff. But for him, I was like, oh, he loves donuts. Okay. Like he loves donuts to a fault. Like, <laughs> like there was one Christmas where he was like, oh, I'm going to buy 10 boxes of Krispy Kreme donuts. Why? And eat them what? with my cousins just for kicks and they're very like they're 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 that kind of straight straight men <laughs> like it's very that energy <laughs> so i wanted to develop some donuts okay. for him and then while i was developing and then like asking people hey do you want these donuts mm-hmm. i would post pictures online my friends would be like super like, like the rate of friends asking for donuts went up <laughs> and then I started noticing strangers. strangers asking me, can you send to my house? And I'm like, sis, I don't know who are you. Who are you? I don't know where you live. I don't know where you live. I don't want to give you my address if you want to pick it up. Like, like this is like a safety hazard for I know, me. I was going to wonder because with strangers asking, he would literally deliver the donuts from his house. No, I would send to, them by Lala Move. Ah, to, that's that's yes. their way of protecting yourself. Yes, yeah. okay, but, okay, but, okay. But, but some of them would request like, can I have? Can I pick it up? And I'm like, um, oh, like, I- and then, then you know, with Twitter, some of them are creeps. So it's like, oh, yeah. are you are you doing this for the donuts? Or are you trying to be creepy? Be creepy because I saw, yes, I saw some of your things before. It's real creepy. Right, it's right. bizarro. Um, but you know, it started picking up, and I was like, oh my god, are donuts a thing? <laughs> like, are donuts in the Philippines a thing? Because like. They are a thing in a sense because we have them in the panaderias and we have yes, a very yes. strong donut as yes. pasalubong culture yes, as yes. with a Mr. Donut and Dunkin' Donuts yeah, and Tim Hortons Cree- and Krispy oh Kreme. Like they're all malakas. Yeah, like yeah, every yeah. single one of them is malakas in their own way. Yeah, they have yeah, their yeah. different markets but then they all tap into that. Yeah. But then there is no market for like niche I don't want to use the word artisanal but then like very niche But your flavors are yeah, they artisanal are. in a way. Like saan ka nakakarinig ng nakarlek pa ako ng kaibigan ko nito. Pandan and pan- panocha. Panocha, yes. Panocha pa yung panocha, pronunciation ko yes. before. Akala ko social social na ingredient. Uh, no, but let's talk about the ingredients. Yes. The, the flavors of your yes. donuts. Kasi for me, that's how, that's how Baker and East grabbed my attention. Yes. The donuts. Yes. Kasi parang I did, I did, I've never heard of those combinations mm. on Filipino desserts na accessible in a way. Yes. I mean, it's not super accessible. Yes, it's not. But like, not, it's not, yeah. this isn't some fancy hotel, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Na, na, that would sell donuts for 200 pesos a yes, pop. Yes, no. So, so how did you, like, 
Can you run us through the flavors, pala? Well, the current flavors that we have for the pop up, because like mm-hmm. when it's for Baker on East, the business itself, it's like a, it's just constantly just churning out like new stuff. Right. Like, but for the pop up, we have like duhatan kalamansi, mm-hmm. pandanan panocha. For people who don't know what panocha is, I was surprised. Sobrang sarap ng flavor. Panocha yeah. is um, a local uh, jaggery, so that's mm-hmm. unprocessed sugar cane that comes in like these lumps that you have to cut yeah, down and yeah, then yeah. melt down. So it. Um, so it's like a brown sugar that tastes like latte. Yeah. And then I mix it with a coconut and pandan custard. Uh, we have a pineapple and lime leaf. We have raspberry and rose. Uh, we have a mandarin Cointreau creme brulee. Uh, there is also a gala apple and miso caramel. Mm-hmm. That was my personal favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to remember what else we've got. There was a purple one in the box that I have right now. I think there. that's a, I made a duhat one today. Ah, so that's a duhat. Okay, okay, okay. So the thing with a duhat I've is... I've never tried that. Yeah, so. duhat is... Um, <laughs> If uh, what else have we got? Uh, yeah, I think pretty much like you get the gist of right. the flavors. Like the kind how did you come up with them? Because because they're not you know, they're not the usual combinations that you find in. Because mm-hmm. I remember when you were crowdsourcing before, yes. and then people were suggesting suggesting flavors, and mm-hmm. you were like you would shoot some down. Because yes. oh, medyo common na yan. Yes. So you wanna is there a conscious decision that you want to try combinations na parang make people go what the fuck? What, what was um, that? Well, it's not really a conscious decision. Yeah. Like, on my part. It's more like, I tend to get bored very easily. <laughs> and then, like, I've been in this industry for a while. For someone who's mm. like, I'm 27, and I've been in the industry not super long. I'm not like one of those chefs who's been, like, dishwashing since they were 13. Like, right, I'm not, right, right, right. But I, for someone who started pretty late, I've been right. in the industry for a while. So I've been in the industry for maybe four or five years. Right, now. right. I've seen everything. I used to be in charge of <laughs> Yummy's 50 Best Desserts list. So I've seen the entire scope. Again, for someone who doesn't like desserts, I was you in charge. had to. Like, you I had, had to do that. <laughs> so like, I had to have a bag of Cheetos and you had to taste everything because I would get was how umay. Yeah. To neutralize, to your neutralize all the sugar. Like, okay. There were days when you would just sit down for two hours eating cake. See, guys, wild. this sounds like fun, but when you're there... It's not fun. It's like, not fun. I mean, one slice of cake nga, is too much sometimes, yes. right? Imagine having to go through... And then not all of them are good, by the way. Like sometimes there's no, that's like, true. That's like true. some someone would send in like a salted egg thing that tasted right. like an armpit, and I'm like, right. why would you send this as your best one from this year? I'm not naming any names. <laughs> um, and so I've seen also this. sayang kasi calories. No, if, sayang you, calories. if you're gonna consume then something but bad, you have to try it exactly. to be sure. Yeah. So um, I've seen the entire scope of the thing, mm-hmm. and I've even spoken to some pastry chefs. Like um, there's this pastry chef, see Jonathan Kui, who is based here, who's from Singapore, mm-hmm. and he's noticed that Filipinos have this tendency to go for the four C's in terms of pastry, mm-hmm. which is chocolate, caramel, coffee, and cheesecake. Oh, so those are the safe. The safe. The bets, safer yes. flavor, and I've spoken to like um, or like ube. Yes, ube. I mean, I love ube, but yeah. But then like <laughs> I've spoken to like owners of like ice cream parlors, like Bono Gelato. I used, I did some styling for them also, and they're like, oh, they have a hard time selling the fruit because everyone sells, oh. everyone buys a chocolate, everyone <gasps> buys a strawberry. Like, That's why it's hard to find it's hard to find flavored fruit ice creams in in Manila yes, because it never sells. Because the market prefers chocolate oh, and caramel, salted caramel and ube. But that's sayang because yes. it's a country full of fruit, fruits. Which is which explains a lot of the flavors that I go with. If right. you like, um, I'm right. like, Bay ordered some donuts today. <laughs> um, two of them are fruit based. Like right. there's a gila apple and miso caramel and a right. duhat and And I try to also make my fruits very local. Right. So I have pineapple. I have duhat. Yeah. I have raspberries. They're frozen. They're not local. I'm right. not using yeah, sampinit, I mean, which is a local raspberry, yeah. but which I'm planning to try to get a hold of next Isn't year. Isn't the sourcing when it's, harder though? I have sources. Okay, I okay. have I have I have connections. So right. it's very much that like I, I will mooch my way through the something <laughs> source. But um 
I tried to make sure that there's a lot more food because I find like my mom and I have a very sour and salt salty oh. palate. So I tend to lean acidic. I tend to lean savory, but not in no gross way. Yeah. Like I won't add truffle oil to my yeah. stuff. Like, but <laughs> I do add miso paste. I add a lot of lime. I add a okay. lot of calamansi. And I try to focus on local fruit because it tends to be neglected in the yeah, local pastry for scene. For sure, for sure. Like a lot of local pastry is mango, which is great. Yeah. I love mango. I have a mango and saffron curd that I have in mm-hmm. the thing. And we use local mango um, puree. But it's like, it's always mango. Yeah. It's always mango and always Baguio strawberries, which is great. Like, support these local farmers. But there are farmers. a lot of other fruits. But there are a lot of explore. local fruits that we need to explore that right. have their own specific terroir and histories. Okay. And it also means you kilik mo yung local farmers. Yeah. Which is very important to me. Yeah. Um, as a food producer in the Philippines, it's important to me to have as direct a relationship with the farmers as possible. I'm going to try to do that the right. further in we go because in the end, we won't spend more getting direct relationships with farmers. Actually, right. the farmers just get more money out of it. Right. Less, less right. patong. Because I have a friend, um, hi, Jessie, uh, who <laughs> is uh, working on her thesis in Italy on gastronomy. Ooh, and then yeah. we had this... We I, saw, just, I saw her Instagram. Yes. Yeah. We were just talking to each other. Um, we went on this tour of the chocolate factory mm-hmm. in Oro in uh, Laguna. Mm-hmm. And we were just talking about the fact that farms, the produce from farm to a farmer's market in Cubao, there are eight levels. Hey, this is Bea Kupin, and if you're wondering why we didn't make proper goodbyes, that's because we have part two coming your way next week. So tune in for the latter part of my conversation with Chino Cruz, who will be talking about the creative process, his donut flavors, and podcasts, because we are podcast nerds. This has been Inside the Industry. Thank you for listening. Hey.